Chapter 12 From her seat beside John, Hannah saw me running toward the car. It's about time, Andrew. We've been sitting here perishing of heat. Hannah didn't look like she was perishing of anything. She had changed her clothes and piled her hair on top of her head. Her face and hands were clean. No one would have guessed she had spent the morning playing marbles. Mama made room for me in the back seat. I squeezed in beside her. Now don't go too fast, John, Mama said, and be careful at the curve at the bottom of the hill. Sometimes Mr. Pettengill's cattle get out and block the road. Yes, ma'am. John cranked the engine. The car shook and trembled and made a loud series of popping noises before it began to roll down the driveway, picking up speed as it went. Hooray, shouted Theo. Hooray. Heavens to Betsy, Mama cried. Slow down, John. Do you want to kill us? Leaning over the seat, I estimated we were going all of 10 or 15 miles per hour. It's a good thing there aren't more motor cars on the road, Mama said. If everyone drove like you, we'd never make it to town in one piece. Hannah gave her mother an agonized look. Mama, she whispered, John knows how to drive. Glancing over his shoulder, John smiled at Mama. I was in St. Louis last week, he said. I must have seen 20 or 30 cars in less than an hour. Uncle Hiram says it's all nonsense. In a couple of years, people will come to their senses and go back to good old, reliable horse and carriage. But I believe cars are here to stay. Mama sighed and shook her head. You'll not see my Henry driving one, she said. He agrees with your uncle. It's a silly fad. How about you, Mama? Theo bounced on the seat. Wouldn't you like to have a motor car? Certainly not, Mama said firmly. In Riverview, we stopped at Larkin's drugstore for a cold drink. Leaving the rest of us to scramble out unaided, John offered Hannah his hand. Although I had just seen her leap out of a tree as fearless as a cat, she let him help her. At the soda fountain, Hannah took a seat beside John. In her white dress, she was as prim and proper as any lady you ever saw. Quite frankly, I liked her better the other way. I grabbed the stool on the other side of Hannah and spun around on it a couple of times, hoping to get her to spin with me, but the only person who noticed was Mama. She told me to sit still and behave myself. You act like you have ants in your pants, she said, embarrassing me and making Theo laugh. While I was sitting there scowling at Theo in the mirror, John leaned around Hannah and grinned at me. To celebrate your recovery, Andrew, I'm treating everyone to a lemon phosphate. Everyone, that is, except you. He paused dramatically, and Hannah gave him a smile so radiant it gave me heartburn. She was going to marry John someday. I knew that. But while I was here, I wanted her all to myself. Just Hannah and me playing marbles in the grove, talking, sharing secrets, climbing trees. She had the rest of her life to spend with stupid John Larkin. As the guest of honor, John went on, you may pick anything your heart desires. Slightly placated by his generosity, I stared at the menu. It was amazing what you could buy for a nickel or a dime in 1910. Choose a Sunday, Theo whispered. It costs the most. How about a root beer float, Hannah suggested. Egg milk chocolate. Mama said it would be good for you, Andrew. Tonic water would be even better, John said. Or best of all, a delicious dose of cod liver oil. When Hannah gave him a sharp poke in the ribs, John laughed. Andrew knows I'm teasing. Come on, what will it be, sir? Taking Theo's advice, I asked for a chocolate sundae. Good choice, John said. You'd have to go all the way to St. Louis to find a better ice cream. 
While we waited for our orders, a large woman swept through the door and sailed toward us. Theo nudged me. Oh, no, it's Mrs. Armiger, he hissed. Now we're in for it. As Mrs. Armiger drew near, the fountain clerk put my Sunday in front of me. Here you are, he said. I made this one especially for you, Andrew. Plenty of chocolate sauce and whipped cream, just the way you like it. Glad Andrew and I at least had one thing in common. I scooped up a big spoonful of ice cream. My mouth was watering for chocolate, but before I had a chance to taste it, Mrs. Armiger pounced on me. How wonderful it is to see you up and about, dear boy. I was just plain worried to death when I heard you had come down with diphtheria. Her perfume hung around me in a cloud so dense I could hardly breathe. Yes, ma'am, I stammered, trying hard not to cough. Thank you, ma'am. Laying a plump hand on my shoulder, Mrs. Armiger smiled. Why, Andrew, I believe the touch of the dark angel's wings has improved your manners. Theo gave me one of his sharp little kicks he specialized in. Blowing through his straw, he made a loud bubbling sound in his drink. He expected me to do something outrageous, too. They all did. The whole family was watching, waiting for me to mortify them. I could almost hear Mama holding her breath. I knew Andrew would never have sat as still as stone, ears burning with embarrassment, but unlike him, I couldn't think what to do or say. That's a very rude noise, Theodore, Mrs. Armiger said. Mama snatched Theo's glass. If you want to finish your phosphate, apologize to Mrs. Armiger. Without looking at anyone, Theo mumbled, I'm sorry. Mama wasn't satisfied. Sorry for what, Theodore Alanosis? Theo kept his head down, trying not to giggle. He said, I'm sorry for making a rude noise, Mrs. Armiger. Mama gave him his phosphate. That's better. Theo kicked me again harder this time. From the way he was scowling, I guess he was mad that he had gotten into trouble and I hadn't. Catching my eye in the mirror, Mrs. Armiger said, Your mother tells me you've forgotten how to play the parlor organ, Andrew. I began to apologize, but Mrs. Armiger hushed me. It's all right, dear, I understand, she paused to adjust her hat. In the fall, we shall begin your lessons again. We'll get along famously this time, won't we? Not daring to meet Theo's eyes, I said, yes, ma'am. Mrs. Armiger smiled at Mama. I can't believe he's the same boy. Do you suppose some other child put that glue in my metronome after all? Surely it wasn't this dear angel who drew a mustache on my bust of Beethoven. Nor could he have been the rascal who climbed out my window on recital day and hid in a tree. She squeezed my shoulder just hard enough to hurt. No, 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 not this sweet little fella. It must have been some naughty boy who looked just like him. After she and Mama shared a chuckle, Mrs. Armiger hugged me. I believe I can make a perfect gentleman out of this child. When Theo heard that, the laughter he had been struggling to control exploded in a series of loud snorts. He tried to pretend he was choking on his phosphate, but he didn't fool Mama. Music lessons are exactly what Theodore needs, she told Mrs. Armiger. The discipline will do him good. Suppose I send both boys to you every Wednesday afternoon? While Mrs. Armiger and Mama made plans, I stirred the chocolate sauce into my ice cream. Appetite gone. Beside me, Theo seethed. He was blaming me. 
blaming everything on me. The scolding, the music lessons, Mrs. Armiger. It was all my fault. He hated me. Before we left Riverview, John insisted on taking a picture. We have to preserve this moment for posterity, he said. The Tyler's first ride in a motor car. A memorable event if there ever was one. Theo refused to get into the car. Sticking out his lips, he said, I'm not having my picture taken with him. He meant me, of course. Mama took one look at my face and grabbed Theo's ear. Giving it a little twist, she propelled him into the back seat. I've had enough for one day, she said. Perhaps you'd like Papa to tan your hide when he comes home tonight. Theo mumbled another apology, and Mama slid into the car beside him. Keeping herself in the middle, she made room for me. John posed us, told us to smile, warned us to sit still, and carefully pressed the shutter of a bulky box camera. Not satisfied, he rearranged us and took several more photographs, including one of Hannah behind the steering wheel. The very idea, a woman driving, Mama shook her head. Hannah has entirely too many unladylike notions already. Voting, for instance. She wants me to join those suffragettes, but if you ask me, some things are better done by men. While Hannah defended her right to vote and to drive and to spit on the sidewalk if she pleased, John started the car. In a cloud of dust and noise, we left Riverview and headed for home. As the Model T bumped over the ruts in the dirt road, I gazed silently at the fields of corn stretching away toward the blue sky. Instead of laughing and singing with the others, I was thinking about the pictures in the attic. I couldn't remember seeing a single photograph of the Tylers in a car. Did that mean this day wasn't supposed to happen? A little chill ran up and down my spine. Suppose what Andrew and I were doing was dangerous, not just to him and me, but to history itself. A tap on my knee roused me from my thoughts. We're home, Mama said. Are you planning to sit in the motor car all night? She took my hand and led me toward the house. Theo raced ahead, calling Buster, but Hannah and John lingered by the car. Halfway across the lawn, I hung back and let Mama go ahead. Long, golden arms of sunlight shafted through the trees. Birds sang. The air was so still, I thought the house might shimmer and shift. Perhaps Aunt Blythe would appear and call me in for supper. Binky might race down the steps, wagging his tail, welcoming me home. The front door opened and Papa stepped onto the porch. Buster barked and Theo laughed. The solid brick house glowed with pink light from the setting sun. Its lawn was well tended, its bushes trimmed, its roof sound, its wood trim painted. No one knew the future but me. I'd never felt so lonely so lost, so far from home. Behind me, John started the Model T. Distracted by the noise, I turned and watched the car rattle away in a cloud of dust. When he was out of sight, Hannah walked toward me. Seizing my hand, she said, You've been standing here for five minutes staring at nothing, like a regular moon calf. Have you forgotten your way home? Hannah was teasing me, laughing at my absent-mindedness turning my loneliness into a joke. Without answering her, I ran toward the house, sending my shadow racing ahead to meet Papa.